0: This morning, we're continuing in our sermon series, Living the Five, where we're looking together at five life principles for followers of Jesus. And a couple weeks ago, we, we kicked it off and talked about the first principle, you can't do life alone, how we were created for connection and for relationships with God and with one another. Last week, we talked about how growing people change, how God meets us as we are, loves us as we are, but by the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us wants to create a new heart, new desires, wants to make us more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. And today we're going to look at the third principle, and that is this, saved people serve people. Okay, can you say that with me? Saved people serve people. And as I mentioned the first week, uh, I didn't didn't make all these up on my own. Uh, I learned them from two pastors down in South Georgia, Jim and Jennifer Cowart. And when they're teaching on these, they talk about how when it comes to serving people, a lot of times we immediately think about like high-end hotels and and restaurants and and places with great customer service. Like I I would say, I think about when I think about serving other people, Chick-fil-A, right? Amen? Can we get an amen for Chick-fil-A? Okay. Have you ever had a bad customer service experience there? I have. Okay. I have. It was a few weeks ago. And I give them a pass because we're, we're in tough times right now. But the reason I remember that it was a bad customer service experience is because it was abnormal, right? It was abnormal. It was, it was surprising. But what wasn't surprising was a story I heard about Chick-fil-A, an employee there uh, a number of months back. It was in Columbus, Georgia. And he was in the drive-thru. Somebody was coming through in their car. It was a father with a child in the back. And all of a sudden, they realized that the child was choking Choking, kind of holding on for, for, for life. And the Chick-fil-A employee realized what was going on. And, and what did he do? He ran around the vehicle. He opened up the door. He got some scissors. He cut the seatbelt off from around the child's neck. And the child began to breathe again. And the child survived. Right? The, the guy who did this uh, was this guy right here, Zach Kikinzy, uh, Eagle Scout, who saw a need and immediately stepped into action and began serving. Right? That's an amazing story of of serving other people. It just happened in his everyday life. I mean, I saw this actually this week. I was at Publix when that tropical storm thing came through, and it was raining like crazy, and all the employees weren't just huddled inside. Instead, they were doing what they normally do. You know what they do there, right? They offer to take your groceries out to your car and don't accept any tips. And they were doing that in the middle of this monsoon that was coming through town. They were serving people in an amazing way. And then uh, some of you might know that my wife's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. So we went out on Friday and when I made the reservation, I just put in one little spot my wife's birthday. When we got there, They said, happy birthday. When they gave us the menu, it was a custom menu stamped with the words happy birthday. Every single employee recognized that it was her birthday, all from that one little note, right? It was amazing customer service. And Jim and Jennifer, when they're teaching, they say, look, you know, it's great. And and we love it when restaurants and hotels and all these places serve other people in these, these great ways. But really, the most amazing, the most extravagant, the most radical stories of serving other people, we shouldn't have to rely on all these other institutions to do those. Actually, they should be coming from inside the church because the church, the gathered body of believers in Jesus Christ, the one we worship each week, the one we raise our hands and sing about, the one we praise and follow is one who, when he came into this world, he said, I've come not to be served, but do you know it? but to serve other people. The one we follow, the one we we strive to be like by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us is one that laid down his very life in sacrificial service for each of us so that we could be saved. That's who we follow as Christians. And when it comes to to this idea at the beginning of the the principle saved people, serve people, when it comes to this idea of being, being saved, My mind immediately goes to Ephesians chapter two. Paul's letter to the church there and he starts off and he gives some bad news. The bad news is, hey, we we are sinners. We have sinned, we are estranged from God, we are dead in our trespasses, we are deserving of his wrath. But then, then he goes on, he says, look, that's the bad news, but the good news, the greatest news is this, verse four, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And I love this verse. If you have a Bible, you need to underline this one. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Paul gives us a summary of the good news here. He says it's by grace that we are saved. It's by God's undeserved, unearned, unrepayable kindness, love, his power and presence in our lives that saves us. He says, look, it is not our works that save us. It's not our works. It's the work of Jesus Christ, the finished work that he did for us. On the cross, and we can never forget that when we're serving other people, when we're doing good, when we're when we're loving other people, none of those things save us. It's the work of Christ that saves us, not our works. But a lot of times that's kind of where we stop there. We stop at this verse, but but in verse 10 he continues and he says, We aren't saved by our good works, but we are saved for good works. So he says this we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says this, for we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. You are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Good things like serving him and other people. Saved people serve people. And Jesus says, he says that the, the greatest act of love that we can do for someone, the, the most radical act of love is, is to lay down our lives for another. That's, that's what he did. But, but most of us won't be called upon to serve people in that most radical way by laying down our very lives, But when we look at Jesus' life, we, we see he didn't just serve people in, in these huge and radical ways. He also served people in his everyday life. He served people in big ways and in small ways. And so he, he served people when, when he noticed them. Instead of just walking by people, he noticed them. He gave them dignity. He, he befriended people who others said, look, those people, don't, they shouldn't have any friends. They're not deserving of friends or love or relationship. He befriended them. He, he saw people who were hungry, and what did he do? He fed them. He healed the sick. He prayed for people. He was patient with people. Jesus served people in big ways and in small ways. And one of the ways beyond the cross that I always think about when I think about Jesus serving other people it is a time when Jesus served um, in a way that was, that was kind of messy. It was kind of a menial labor. It was kind of a mundane activity that, that people would have been used to experiencing on a regular basis. But it's one, I wanna, I wanna read this story again this morning because it's something I think that's so important for us as believers because a lot of times we think we need to do all these great and big and amazing things, but Jesus also calls us to do small, and significant in everyday things for others. And so I'm going to read it to you. John chapter 13, many of you are probably familiar with this story that takes place in the upper room. Before Jesus goes to the cross, he's gathered with his disciples there, and then something interesting happens at dinner. Here's here's what John tells us beginning in verse one. It was just before the Passover festival And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. And then jumping to verse 12, we read this, that when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he asked them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher. Teacher. And Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay, think about what's happening here right right now in a time of difficulty and challenge for Jesus he knows soon he is going to die a brutal death that includes tons of suffering he knows he's on his way to the cross he knows people in the room are going to betray him it is a time when the world is about to change human history is about to change and what does Jesus do takes off his outer garment gets a towel gets down on his knees and washes feet. And this was an activity that wasn't abnormal. This is something that would have regularly happened, but this wasn't the activity that a host at, at a feast like this would have would have been doing. This was the job of a servant. This was the job of a servant. This was a job that was messy because their feet would have been dusty from walking around Jerusalem all day. I mean, this this would have been this would have been a terrible job to do but Jesus does it and as he does it he commends it to his disciples and he commends it to us as well and and basically he says to us he says look the ways I have served you now I'm calling you to serve other people in those same ways I'm calling you to serve in big ways and I'm calling you to serve in small ways as well. And so, when it comes to our faith, a, a lot of us have symbols of Christianity that that we kind of have in our minds. We have the cross. Sorry, we got some technical stuff going on. Don't worry about it. We have the cross. We have the crown. We have the dove. You know what the dove represents—the Holy Spirit. We have the water. We have bread wine. We have all these different symbols that we see different places, but, but, but there's a symbol I want you to have in your mind this morning, and maybe it's a symbol that you don't always immediately associate with Christianity, but the symbols I want you to have in your mind this morning of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ is the towel and the pitcher or the basin of water, because this is who Jesus calls us to be, people who serve others In sometimes seemingly insignificant ways like washing other people's feet. He calls us to pick up our towels, to serve, to love, to sacrifice for other people. And now look, the ways that that you serve other people are going to be different from the ways that I serve other people. And so this morning, I'm not going to give you a list of all the different ways that that you need to serve, because they're, they're gonna look different for each of us. And the reason for that is because as Paul says, we are God's masterpieces. We are God's handiwork. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus to do good works. He has uniquely shaped each and every one of us. And so the ways we serve are gonna look different. And so this morning, I want to kind of go through an acronym with you. And the acronym is is SHAPE. And a preacher came up with an acronym because, you know, preachers love acronyms. I think Rick Warren came up with this one. And some of you have heard this in New Connections or a membership class or in another teaching there. And so maybe this morning it's a reintroduction or maybe for you this is the first time you've heard it. But I want you to think about these letters, S-H-A-P-E. Uh, they're on the screen, but they're very small. Or we'll, we'll get it, don't worry about it. You can write it down. Go old school this morning, okay? And each of these letters represents something that all of us have, that God has given to us so that we can uniquely serve other people. And the first is this. The first is spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Each of us who are saved, who have professed faith in Jesus Christ. When we do that, the Holy Spirit comes and makes a home in our hearts. And the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's like a good house guest. You know what a good house guest brings? A gift. And so the Holy Spirit comes and brings gifts to each of us. And these are spiritual gifts. And Paul writes about these in his letter to the Romans and and some of his other letters. But in Romans chapter 12, he says this, For just as each one of us has one body with many members, And these members don't all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it Cheerfully, And the spiritual gifts that Paul names here, these are just some of the spiritual gifts. Elsewhere in his other letters, he lists more. But what he's saying here is that all of us don't have all of these gifts. We each have some of these gifts, and there's no ranking in these gifts. It's not like some of these gifts are bigger or better than others. We need all of the gifts in the body of Christ. And just as a foot is needed, like an arm, we need everybody we need everybody living out their spiritual gifts for the upbuilding of the church, and for the blessing of the world. And so, maybe maybe this is new to you that you have spiritual gifts. And one day, I hope to do a longer a longer teaching series or sermon series on the spiritual gifts. But but if you're not familiar with what your spiritual gifts are, or maybe maybe it's been a while, I encourage you if you go online and type in "spiritual gifts assessment," you can find uh, many different ways that kind of like quizzes you can take. You know, everybody loves those BuzzFeed quizzes. You can kind of find a little quiz you can take to help you get an idea of what your spiritual gifts might be. And what happens is when you begin to to discern what your spiritual gifts are and you begin serving in ways that connect with those spiritual gifts, serving isn't isn't drudgery anymore. Instead, serving is life-giving. And it gives you passion. It gives you excitement it's something you feel like you were created to do. So that's the first thing is spiritual gifts. We've all been given spiritual gifts by God. And the second is that our hearts have all been uniquely shaped by God. So it's spiritual gifts and then it's our hearts. When I'm talking about heart here, I'm not talking about a physical thing. I'm talking about our passions, our interests, our desires. Those things that our hearts are drawn to. This is different for each of us. Somebody once said this. One way to think about your your heart and what it's drawn to is if somebody called you and said, I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is that uh, your job is gone. Maybe that's good news for you, but the bad news is your job has gone. The good news is uh, all your finances are taken care of. Uh, You can't retire, but you still have to work. But you can do whatever you want for work. Whatever connects with your heart, your passions, your desires, you can do that all day, every day, and finances aren't an issue. What, what would you do? Think about that. What would you do? That can help reveal your heart. A lot of times our dreams reveal the direction our heart's moving in, but, but the opposite is also true. When you're watching the news and you're seeing what's going on in the world and your heart breaks, what breaks our hearts also can help indicate the direction of our hearts and our interests and our passions. And our desires. And this is different for each of us. And one of the the challenges of our social media saturated culture is that we think our hearts have to break and we have to be passionate about every cause, every issue, every news story. But look, that's not how we were created. We don't have that kind of capacity. And so think about what does your heart uniquely care about? What are you passionate about? And then begin finding ways that you can serve that are connected with that. So that's our hearts. And then A is abilities. Think about your abilities. This is like our natural talents. These are skills that we have, things that we might be good at. And so if you, if you think about even just people, people in our church, I'll give Daniel, who, who kind of helps switch cameras on our live stream and everything. You know, each week Daniel is up there serving and he loves cameras and technology and tinkering and all that kind of stuff. Is that right, Daniel? Sure yeah. And so he's here every week. He gets here before I do on Sunday mornings and he's getting it all set up and, and you know what? He has those natural abilities and affinities for all of that stuff and so when he's serving in this way, it, it's kind of fun. It's fun. It, it, it's exciting because the way he's serving connects with his natural abilities and so for you, it might be, it might be cooking It could be cleaning. It could be reading. It could be working on cars. Like, I don't know what your abilities are. And here's the thing that's interesting about our abilities. A lot of times, we don't even realize what they are either because they're just natural for us. We just think, well, yeah, shouldn't everybody know how to do that? The truth is, no, a lot of people don't know how to do it. And so I found with our abilities, one way you can begin to discover this, and really your whole shape, is to talk to people who know you and care about you and say, look, what are my abilities? Like, what am I good at? I don't even know. I don't think I'm good at anything. Just say that. And they'll say, well, you're good at this, 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 and this, things you probably never even realized because they're hard to see for ourselves. But our abilities are something God has given us that can help us serve other people. And then there's, there's P, there's our personalities. And sometimes as Christians we think we have to like check our personality at the door when we come to church and that like all Christians should have the exact same personality. That's not true. And so if your personality is like you're an introvert and you like a few close relationships and you don't like talking to strangers, you know what? Being on a street evangelism team in Midtown Atlanta passing out pamphlets to people is not a good place for you to serve. You're going to be miserable. And the people you're talking to are probably going to be like, you are super awkward, okay? Like, I don't know what this is. Okay, so look, maybe God's calling you to share your faith with, with a smaller group of people like your close, intimate friends. You know, some people thrive on, on change and new stuff all the time in different directions. Other people thrive through their personalities in kind of ministries and areas that are, that are more regular, more structured, maybe, maybe lists. Maybe you love working with people. Maybe you love working with paper and Excel spreadsheets. Like you have to think about your personality and what energizes you. And, and, and then find ways that you can serve areas of different ministries that connect with that. There's our personalities. And then there's our experiences. There's our experiences. Whether you're old or whether you're young in here, we all have unique life experiences. And so those, those moments in your life when you think about the best experiences in your life, the ones that you wish you could replay or, or, or live again, like God wants to use those experiences as you serve other people and the wisdom you've gained and the, the knowledge you have. But, but God also wants to use the bad experiences in your life. I'm not gonna sit up here and say that that God sent all those things into your life so that you'd be a better servant. I'll say this, that a lot of the stuff that's happened to people in this room has been ungodly, evil, abusive, terrible. Hasn't been God's will. But God still wants to take those experiences and he wants us to place them in his hands and he wants to redeem them. He wants to redeem them and use them for good in this world. So if you think about the highest and lowest experiences of your life, you think about maybe a divorce. Maybe God could use that experience to help shepherd someone else going through something similar. Think about losing someone you love and grief and loss and how God can use that experience to comfort someone else. Think about great vocational experiences. Maybe you've been in leadership at the top of a company and God wants to use that gift of leadership and all that experience here in the church or in the community. Think about your relationships, your relational experiences, your your school experiences. God wants to use all of our experiences as we serve other people. And so as you step back from, from this big idea, this, this idea that we are uniquely shaped by God, and you, you think about your spiritual gifts, your your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences, God wants to use all of that for his good and for his glory in this world. As you serve other people, he wants to use every part of you. He wants to use every part of you. And when you're serving out of your unique Shape you will begin to thrive and serving will become a lot easier for you in your everyday life. And I can promise you after after walking with, with Christians uh, through many years of life, I can promise you two things as you serve. I can promise you two things. Number one, you will bless other people. And number two, you will be blessed in the process as well. And I can promise you the first one, you'll bless other people because I've been the recipient of... of people serving me in this church. I've been the recipient of many blessings. I think about Donna Lummis. When we first moved here, she brought flowers to our house. You know when you move in and it's just like a blank palette, you have nothing? And like those flowers on our front porch just like beautified our house and made us feel welcome. She has the gift of hospitality. Think about Melinda Maddox. Some of you know her. She loves cooking and She's cooked many meals for many of you. When Patrick was born, she brought a meal to our house. It was delicious. Marlene Torres, she'll send me texts of encouragement, right? I've been the recipient of of blessings as people have served me. When we serve other people, we bless them. And and there's also this, that, that we will be blessed as we serve other people, As well. And if you've ever been on a mission trip, you've experienced this at a high level, and you say, you know what? I was more blessed than all the people I was serving because when you're serving out of your shape, you will feel alive, you will feel joy, you will feel purpose, you will begin to feel fulfilled. So I can promise you those two things you will be blessed, and you will be a blessing. And so in closing this morning, uh, we want to help you begin to figure some of this stuff out. Because when it comes to our shape and the ways that God has shaped us, a lot of times we think this is like a pen and paper exercise, that if we, we just take a few hours and, and, and journal everything out, that, that we'll get a clear picture, and that's helpful. But a lot of times the way we discover our shape is not through pen and paper, but it's, it's through a towel and a basin of water. It's through serving other people. It's through getting connected and serving and seeing how we come alive. And so this morning, you'll see all around the room, you can, you can look at all the different ministry tables. After worship, we're, we're going to open up, we're going to have this ministry fair for you. And we're going to have all these different ministries that are serving people, some of them inside the walls of the church, some of them serving our community, some of them serving the world. And we want to encourage you to go to each booth and and to get to know what's going on here in our different serve teams, and our different ministry teams. And I want to encourage you to go to each booth. Don't don't just like look at it from afar. I want to encourage you to go up, talk to a representative. We're going to have representatives from the church at each one. Talk to somebody because even if it doesn't connect with you, as you learn about these different opportunities, you might find a way it connects with someone else. And so you might say, oh, you know what? I, 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 saw this, uh, I saw this thing for the prayer team. Did you know, I know you love to pray. Hey, that might be something you, you'd be familiar with. So we're gonna encourage you to go to each and every booth, talk with the representatives, learn about what's going on. And uh, you know we're gonna incentivize it a little bit as you talk with them. Uh, they're gonna give you a ticket. And uh, after worship, we're gonna have a little box up here and we invite you to write your, your name on the back of the tickets, put them in, in the bucket here, and then we're going to do some drawings for prizes. It's a fair, right? So we got some big stuffed animals. We, we have uh, some Harvest Point swag. We have some fun things for you. So, so we're, they're going to give you tickets. Uh, you can put them in here, and then we'll, we'll draw some prizes after worship. We're going to have snow cones, popcorn, drinks out there. And, and we're doing all of this so that we can help you serve other people. Because this is something like we talked about the first week. You can't do life alone. Jesus doesn't always want us to serve alone as well. We're the body of Christ. We're called to serve together. And so I hope you'll, you'll make it a priority to stay after worship this morning for a few minutes, get to know some of the stuff going on here. And as we do that, would you pray with me? And, and let's ask God to continue to bless and expand our ministries, and help us continue to serve others. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the good news that you have saved us, not because of our good works, but because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. We thank you that there is no one else like us. We are your masterpieces. And we pray this morning that you would help us begin to discern, begin to see the unique ways that you've created each of us. And, and God, we pray this morning for, for divine conversations, for divine moments as we're, we're talking with different ministries and getting to know some different things. God, would you, would you stir in our hearts? Would you do something new? Would you, would you help us see opportunities that we've never seen before? God, would you use other people to speak to us, to encourage us, to help reveal the gifts and the abilities and the talents you've given to each of us this morning. God, help us always remember that it's not about us. We're not here to be served. We are here to serve other people. So help us by the power of your Holy Spirit walk in the way of your Son, Christ Jesus. Help give us the strength. To pick up our towels, to pick up our pitchers, and to serve you each and every day of our lives. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen.